The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Have you ever wondered why you get all this mixed messaging when it comes to coronavirus and lockdowns and vaccine and slow the spread? And I'm going to tell you why tonight. There's a reason for it. It's not an accident. No, it's not incompetence. I'm going to tell you why. Also, the system showing its hand again. All that's coming up next on I'm Right. There's an old saying in law, in the practice of law. Now, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, as everybody knows. I went to almost three years of community college, not to brag or anything like that, but I sadly do know several lawyers. And there's an old saying that when you have the truth, you pound the truth. When you have the facts, you pound the facts. When you don't have either, you pound the table. What does that mean? Well, it means exactly what you think. If you're a trial lawyer trying to get your guy off, hey, the truth is my guy wasn't even there. And that's what you go with. That's your whole trial. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. Or, or maybe you just have, you know, a fact. Fact is you never found his DNA. That's, the fact is you never found his DNA. You took DNA. It's not that you never found. If they got his DNA and he was there and you're screwed, You know what you yell the whole time? Well, anything. Just make sure you're yelling. This is an outrage. This is oppression. This is because of this. This is because of that. You don't even know. This guy's on drugs. You just yell. That's exactly what you're seeing nationally right now with coronavirus. 
Here, let me explain. Dr. Fauci's latest and greatest on TV was uh, just chef's kiss on what I'm about to explain to you. So I'm going to do something a little different, and I'm going to show you this first, and I'll tell you what exactly you're seeing. Here's Dr. Fauci. So let's get straight to it. What is your message tonight to both vaccinated and unvaccinated Americans as to what they should and should not be doing right now? For example, eating and drinking indoors in restaurants and bars. Is that okay now? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. And if you are vaccinated, please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. And for the time being, until we show definitively that a person who's vaccinated does not get the subclinical infection and can spread to others, you should also continue to wear a mask for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what you're thinking. I just got my vaccine. What? I can't. What do you mean? Now I can't even go. Listen, like I've told you before, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine. You make your own personal choice. I'm not one of these people out there pointing fingers. Don't get the vaccine. Don't wear a mask. You do you, and I'll do me. Just don't insist others do what you do. That's too far, but you do you. But if you got one, you got the vaccine, you're, you got it because you just want to live your life. We're going to do this. Here's a gigantic mistake you made. You keep jumping over the hoops they're asking you to jump over because they keep giving you carrots and sticks. They keep making a lot of noise for you. Don't you remember? Just 15 days to slow the spread. I mean, maybe not, but hopefully 15 days. Okay, a month. All right, we were wrong about a month. Easter, don't you remember we got to hear Easter? Easter, hopefully Easter. I can't guarantee Easter. All right, it'll definitely be Easter. Oh, nope, nope, actually not Easter. Okay, but all right, never mind. Next thing's the vaccine. Just we gotta uh, get a vaccine. We're we're rushing through a vaccine. I promise. Once we have the vaccine, everything will be back to normal. Oh, vaccines here. That is awesome. You can get back to normal. Only not quite yet. Not quite yet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody has to have one. Enough people don't have it yet. Enough people. Don't, all right. Now enough people are getting it, and now they're saying, "Well, look. I want you to know, you can get back to normal if you get a vaccine." I mean, not really, baby. I don't. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. If that seems like what you've heard, it's because that's exactly what you've heard. And why is that what you've heard? Because it's about control. Because it keeps you on the hook. They never can give you an end. Because if they give you an end, then you get to this hard, fast time where there's an end. And it gives you the ability to look at them and say, hey, it says right here on the piece of paper, this was the end. Why is this not the end? So you never get a concrete answer. And I have some bad news for you, or good news, depending on how you want to look at it. You ready for this? You ready? They never will. They never will. You're never going to see Dr. Fauci or any of the other talking heads get on television and say, I have great news, America. It's over. Coronavirus is done. You don't have a thing to worry about. Take that mask off and throw it in the trash. We are good to go. Go back and live your life. Go to a restaurant tonight. I want you at a concert tonight. Why aren't you going to see that? Well, then they lose control over you. They ha keep having to give you carrots and sticks. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. No, I just want you to get the vaccine so we can get back to normal. If you don't get the vaccine, I'll hurt you. But no, just get the vaccine. It'll be fine. It'll be it's never going to stop. And my frustration is people are still lying to themselves that it will stop. Don't look, hope is a wonderful thing, right? Hope, hope can be a beautiful thing. It can also make people really, really, really dumb. Stop with this. They do not have your best interests at heart. They don't have any intention of giving up the power and control they've acquired over the last year. Either you will take it or you will never have it back, period. There's never going to be a vaccine mask, vaccine passport, lockdown, end date. It's never going to come. It's simply not. Why? Well, let me ask you something very pointed. Has the last year been hard on Dr. Fauci? Or has the last year been the best year of Dr. Fauci's life? You know the answer. 
cover of Vanity Fair, throwing out the first pitch at the games, the highest paid federal employee last year, over $400,000 a year. He's on the cover of every magazine, getting autographs, pretty girls at the airport. Dr. Fauci, can I get my picture taken with you? I love you. Do you think, deep down, do you think he's really hated the whole coronavirus experience? And uh, since I know what answer you already came up with, let me ask you, why would he want it to end? If you're one of these gigantic corporations that has seen your growth explode during coronavirus as your small business competition goes out of business because they can't withstand it, are you in a hurry for coronavirus to end? Are you? Do you know the percentage of restaurants out there that are independently owned is evaporating right in front of your eyes? Virtually every restaurant you see before too long is going to be one that's owned by a gigantic corporation. So you and I, when we see a business going, or a restaurant going out of business, we say to ourselves, that sucks, man, that's not fair. You know what that big, big, big restaurant, the big corporation says? They look and say, nice. Maybe another month or two will kill off the rest of them. Coronavirus is working out just fine for a lot of people. Now, Governor Whitmer of Michigan, she's, she's having a hard time figuring out what's going on. We are seeing a surge in Michigan, despite the fact that we have some of the strongest policies in place, mask mandates, capacity limits, working from home. We've asked our state for a two-week pause. So despite all of that, we are seeing a surge because of these variants. And that's precisely why we're really um, encouraging them to think about surging vaccines into the state of Michigan. And I'm going to continue to fight for the people of Michigan. Despite the fact we were doing all lockdowns and masks and, and everything, we're still having a surge. They're almost there. They're almost there. They'll figure it out one day. And you see her top aide, what's her name? Trisha Foster. She traveled to Florida despite the governor issuing a spring break travel warning. So, of course, aide travels to Florida. It's beach time, baby. And again, what have I told you about these people? It's not that they're hypocrites. Yes, they're hypocrites. It's that none of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are actually worried about coronavirus. The proof is in the pudding. And what are the numbers? Well, here are the COVID-19 deaths per 100,000 over the last seven days. Florida, 173 or 176.3 cases. Texas, 64.6. Michigan, with all those restrictions, 492. Pennsylvania, 230. New York, 289. New York City, 289, and New York, outside of New York City, 239. So again, I have to ask the question that I've asked you before on the show. If lockdowns and social distancing and wearing your mask are what prevents the spread of coronavirus, why aren't people dying in droves in Florida and Texas of coronavirus? Why are all the rates in the heavy lockdown states higher? And if you're not willing to be a big boy or a big girl and simply acknowledge the obvious truth that's hitting you in front of your face, that we've reordered Western society based on a lie, then there's nothing I can do to help you. Finally, let me wrap up with this. There's a new headline out because Marines are a bit of a rebellious sort. 40% of Marines have opted out of the COVID vaccines, by far the highest percentage of any branch out there. And I woke up this morning and I had 9,000 emails from people because I was once a Marine about 20 pounds ago. They wanted to know why. Jesse, are Marines stupid? Jesse, what's wrong with Marines? Let me just say this as a shout out to my own branch of service that I'm obviously biased to. And if you're from one of the other branches and you find this insulting, I don't care. Marines are different. The reason Marines are different is you join the Marine Corps on purpose. What do I mean by that? It's not like you're joining the other services by accident. You join the Marine Corps on purpose because the Marines have worse gear than everyone else. The Marines have longer, harder boot camp than everyone else. The Marines have worse bases than anyone else. You ever been to a naval base around the world? It's like a luxury resort. The Air Force bases, you've been to a Marine base? Yeah, not so much. 
So why would any person sign up to guarantee for themselves a worse standard of living? It's not something people do. Well, you're a bit of a, a rebellious sort. You want to stand out a little bit. These are not, in general, the types of people who are going to be lining up to take something. That's just the bottom line. All right. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. we got a great show for you tonight. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen to me. There is a way you can fight back. You know that, right? There is a way you can fight back and it involves you saving money? Join Mammoth Nation. I've become a member of Mammoth Nation, a lifetime member. I, I love the mission, and I love saving money. You see, if I become a member, all my money, it goes to these people running for office. Mammoth Nation is out there finding them, getting the work done, finding these people, getting them some backing so they can win. And I mean people who believe what you and I believe, actual fighters. What do you get out of it? discounts, travel, shopping, hotels, telehealth. You get a laundry list of places that will give you discounts just for being a member of Mammoth Nation. It's that great. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. The system is at it again. At it again. And remember what I've talked about, what I talked to you about what the system is. You need to spread this word far and wide. The system now is, well, I call it a system because they run everything. Absolutely everything. One political ideology. One. It runs the entire Democratic Party. At least half the Republican Party. It runs all of the American education system, especially at the highest levels, and I mean the highest levels, that's part of what's killing us. It runs your entire media industry. It runs music. It runs movies. It runs all those sitcoms you see out there. It runs churches, lots of them. It runs professional sports. It runs American corporations. All the biggest corporations all go one way. And I've been warning about this for a long, long time. And when I first started warning about it, people would yell at me. I mean, friends of mine would text me privately, Jesse, what are you talking about? You sound like a nut. Really? I still sound like a nut? Here's a tweet from Ed O'Keefe. Confirmed. First of, its first of its kind call between more than 100 top corporate leaders on Saturday focused on how to respond to proposed changes in state voting laws. Participants include top leaders of airlines, media, law, investments. We're talking companies like AMC, Twitter, LinkedIn, Viacom. What are these proposals? Well, this is a quote from Jeffrey Sonnenfeld. He's a Yale School of Management professor. Remember when I said the highest levels are the worst? Quote, they are not going to be cowed. They felt very strongly that these voting restrictions are based on a flawed premise and are dangerous. Oh, and here's a statement from the group that met over the weekend. You ready for this? Quote, CEOs who participated in a live poll indicated they will reevaluate donations to candidates supporting bills that restrict voting rights, and many would reconsider investments in states which act upon such opposals. What are you seeing right there? You are seeing the system in action, hitting you in the face like a ball bat. 
That's what you're seeing right there. You see, when you control everything, you don't have to worry if this particular part of the system can't protect itself or this particular part can't. You know the other parts of the system because they all speak with one voice. Someone else will step in with you. Okay, so you don't control the Georgia state legislature. No big deal. We do control the entire American media. So the American media has been saying things like Jim Crow laws, which is flatly absurd. You do control the entire American entertainment system. How many actors and athletes have you seen out in the forefront? LeBron James comes to mind. Talking about the racist voting laws. Will Smith just announced he's pulling out of Georgia because of racist voting laws. And part of the system is all the most powerful corporations. And I want you to understand the system isn't passive. You see, that's why they're talking about things they can do to stop this. What are they really talking about? Let's be honest. They're talking about retribution. They're talking about revenge. The system gets together and it says to itself, what can we do to hurt these people for going against what we believe? And see, that's not a problem if they just have athletes. Okay, it's not ideal, but let's say they just have athletes. It's not a problem. It's not the end of the world, right? Or you can deal with that. Okay, another annoying NBA player. Okay, no big deal. The problem comes when you get what we now have. It hasn't always been this way, but when you get what we now have when they have everything. When they have everything. Absolutely. Think about it. Think about it. You, you go to work. You're getting a memo from your big company's HR about, about how racist the voting laws are. And you, oh, man, you take a break at lunchtime, want to go eat a cheeseburger in the break room, you turn on the TV, and the ads are about the racist voting laws. And you turn that on, and you get home that night, kiss the wife, kids come home, and they say, Dad, what about these racist voting laws we learned about in school? And now you're really aggravated. You sit down, I just want to watch a ball game. There's the athletes, fist up in the air, racist voting. It's endless. You got a church on Sunday. You got an idiot pastor like that old one I used to have. Huh, it's my white privilege. And the You can't escape it. That's where the danger comes. That's why we're in such a bad spot now, because you can't escape it. All right. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you have a friend or family member, you have a friend or family member who is a dipper. I dipped forever. Dip tobacco. Allow me to help you out a little bit. Maybe they need some help instead of what you've been doing, which is, you need to quit. Quit. Haven't you heard that's bad for you? I I know that comes from a good place. That comes from a place of love and good for you. Maybe try some Jake's Mint Chew. Buy a little bit of Jake's Mint Chew. Present them with an actual solution. It's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. They don't have to feel guilty about using it. They have long cut. They even have CBD pouches, which I really love. But give them a solution. Jake's Mint Chew actually works. It will help you quit dipping or your friend or family member. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. We'll be back. Well, don't get distracted by the latest shiny object in the news. Your Second Amendment really is really important. More important now than ever. Am I allowed to say that? I feel like people say that a lot, but 
Watch the news. Your Second Amendment is really important. And here's what your current president of the United States has had to say about guns recently. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call a freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. I want to see a national red flag law and legislation to incentivize states to enact their own red flag laws. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. A stabilizing brace hook and a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal. Most people don't know it. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. <laughs> Joining me now to talk about that and everything else that was wrong with that, if we even have enough time in this segment, is A.W.R. Hawkins. He's the Breitbart Second Amendment correspondent. All right, let's, let's begin at the beginning because there's a lot to unpack there. No amendment is absolute. I thought that was the whole point of them. Right, 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 Jesse. Look, here's the deal. Uh, the Bill of Rights was written to hedge off those rights from government interference. It's that simple. The Constitution states what the federal government is allowed to do with the powers that the people loan to it. Uh, but the Bill of Rights says, look, here are some rights that exist in the people apart from anything you've done. That's a statement to the government. That's what the Bill of Rights is saying, if I could paraphrase the, the reason for it. And it's telling the government to keep your grubby paws off. So, uh, you know, our president has completely misunderstood these things. Okay. Has he misunderstood these things? Or is Joe Biden, I mean, I'm genuinely asking, has he always been an anti-gun guy? Because way back in the day, there actually were middle-of-the-road Democrats who weren't bad on guns. Where's Joe Biden been before he lost his mind? Well, I mean, you got to think in 94, he pushed the assault weapons ban uh, that was the law of the land from 94 to 2004. So at least since 94, he's had this anti-gun propensity, Jesse. And so uh, he's been... He's been kind of looking for his chance to get at the Second Amendment, and now I think he thinks he has it. Tell me about David Chipman, the new, well, supposed new head of the AFT, I believe it's called. I always called it the ATF, but maybe Joe Biden changed the name. But in all seriousness, tell me about this guy. What do we know? Uh, well, what we know about him is he has been a gun control proponent, literally working for a gun control group, Gabby Giffords Group, the Giffords Law Center, also Americans for Responsible Solutions. I think he's been affiliated with that. That's another Giffords group. Uh, and he's been his affiliation has been in an advisory role, a policy man, but a policy for gun control. So uh, ironically, a lot of the executive actions that Biden mentioned, they're going to be right in Chipman's wheelhouse should he become the director of the ATF. AWR, please explain to me what exactly the head of an agency like the ATF does. Now, I'm not obviously a big ATF fan. The whole thing can go away as far as I'm concerned. But OK, he's the head of an agency. What, what freedom does he have as the head of that agency? He still has to follow the law, right? Right. But, it, you know, his, what he does in following the law or not, as we've seen with other three-letter agencies, is ultimately up to who is in overview over them. In other words, who's in the White House? Uh, who has the power to get this to the right court? Who has the foreview or the foresight to get a challenge to a regulatory policy uh, to the right people? And so when you have a favorable White House, you may get some cover. And an ATF, uh, uh, the director of the ATF may get a lot of stuff done, like uh, banning AR pistols with uh, stabilizer braces, like doing different things like that. And that's what Biden's trying to do, and that's what we need to understand. He's trying to shift from a legislative push, which he can't win. So he's going, okay, I'll just go regulatory policy, and we'll make law that way. That's not what our founders intended, but that's what Biden's trying to do. But I don't understand why anyone would want one of these braces. They make the way You just heard him. He said it makes the weapon more lethal. I mean, I didn't know my gun was supposed to kill. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that, too. That almost makes you think it makes the bullets shoot faster. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, the reason the reason these braces became popular, Jesse, was for uh, disabled veterans. See, it's all lost in this. 
but it was so that they could stabilize that pistol and perhaps after an injury that none of us want to even imagine they're able again to shoot and shoot with some degree of of consistency and so you know he talks about these pistols he he mentioned them as concealable you put a brace on an AR pistol, you're not dealing with something that's concealable like a Glock 19 or or like a Sig Sauer 320 or any other handgun. You're, you're dealing with something that's almost as big as a regular AR-15. So to try to demonize it the way he did is really inexcusable. So I, I, not to have too detailed of a question here, but he continues to talk about pistols and and extended magazines. I mean, a lot of people don't realize. I, I have a 300 blackout that would look like an AR-15 to the average person who doesn't know anything about guns. Yet that weapon is considered a pistol. Are they going after those? Uh, well, if your if your 300 blackout is has the correct barrel length and it has a rear stock instead of a stabilizing brace, then no. Uh, but if you have a a gun that is categorized a pistol and it has a stabilizing brace, then that's what they're going to try to do. And they're going to try to treat that as a short barrel rifle, which means it will go under NFA purview, which means you will have to be fingerprinted, photographed, you'll go through a new background check, you'll register your firearm with the ATF, you'll pay a $200 tax to the federal government. And that whole process will take nine to 10 months. That's what owners of AR-15 pistols with stabilizer braces are in for if Biden has his way. Tell me why ammo is so expensive. I, I, I'm about to have to get a second job. I can't afford to go shooting anymore. Why is ammo so expensive? Well, a, a lot of it is just honest uh, supply and demand. And to be honest with you, I talk to a lot of people people on record and off the record, and I don't get much variation in answers. Uh, and I've talked to companies that sell millions of dollars worth and, and companies that make smaller amounts, and they all give the same answer, the availability of primers, the demand on those certain components, how some companies saw this coming before other companies and bought up so many primers and components beforehand. Now that contributes to the shortage as demand rises. All of this feeds into it. And uh, plus, there's fear, Jesse. People are people going to the gun store. They're scared to death that if they see five boxes of nine millimeter, they're never going to see five again. So they buy them, and that means everyone who comes in that day and the rest of the week is out of luck, and it drives their fear up. And so everyone's buying up everything they can see all the time, and that's just all working together in a perfect storm. Well. I hate to say this, AWR, but guilty as charged, brother. If I see nine mil on there, it's all coming with me. <laughs> right. But you have to see it before I do, because if I see it, it's coming That's with me. A... All right. For a practical question here, I know we have a bunch of viewers, possibly first-time gun owners. That's not abnormal these days. Everyone sees the numbers. Everyone's out there buying a gun. I understand that the choice weapons of the time are not necessarily readily available for everybody. What is something basic someone should be looking for as a first-time gun buyer, AWR? First time? Uh, well, something that seems to be readily available, five-shot revolvers. I've never, I've, they've never gone out of fashion with me. A five-shot 38 special revolver, if you can make sure it can handle a plus P round, which puts that round somewhere between 38 special and 357 magnum in power, your stop and power is incredible. The gun is idiot-proof, and I don't say that to criticize people. I'm saying if you're a first-time gun buyer, there's no pressure on how to use it. You'll be able to figure it out quick. Other than that, if you want to go semi-automatic, I would look at a Sig Sire 365, a Glock Model 19, if your hand's a little bigger. And if your hand's yet a little bigger or you want a full-size firearm, I would consider something like a, a Sig Sire 320 or a CZ P09. Uh, and as you look at those bigger guns, you're looking at more rounds. A CZP09, you're carrying 19 rounds. Uh, the SIG 320, you're carrying 15 plus one, so 16 rounds. All of these guns, all of these guns are are almost absolutely failure-proof. You're, you're at the peak of almost performance perfection with these firearms. You can count on them, and they're great, not only first guns, but great guns to count on every day for concealed carry. AWR Hawkins, thank you for making us all smarter, my brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. Great to be with you. You too. You know,
your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. All right, listen to me. You know, there was just another major hack. This time it was Facebook. You know, I try to explain this to people when I'm talking to them about home title theft. These guys are always looking, always looking. These cyber thugs, I call them. They're always looking for the next thing, the next score. While you're sleeping, they're looking. While you're working, they're looking. While you're eating, while you're playing, they're out there looking. If you own a home, your home title is online. It is online, and they're looking for it. And if they get it, and it's nothing for them to hack into it, if they get it, you're toast. They're going to forge your signature on it and take a loan out against it that you will have to pay back. Or you can just go get Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, sign up today. They will detect any tampering and shut it down like that. Make sure you use the code RADIO when you go there and get 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct, but it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make, and it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Hmm, that's weird. Because this Joe Biden, this is from the Federalist, he orders a commission to study how Democrats can pack the Supreme Court. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, I'm sure, is Dr. Nan Hayworth, former congresswoman, also of the Independent Women's Forum. Nan, uh, this Joe Biden seems to be thinking differently. What changed? I think uh, a few things changed, uh, Jesse, not least that uh, Pre President Biden, the Joe Biden of today is much diminished uh, versus the Joe Biden of uh, many years ago. Uh, it, and it's uh, a problem for the nation, no doubt. Uh, he was correct when he uh, uh, issued that diatribe in the Senate. I think the Joe Biden who uh, existed in his previous incarnation was an institutionalist. Uh, so I think there's there's actually a genuine uh, kernel within him that would object to uh, packing the Supreme Court. But the Joe Biden of today, President Joe Biden, is not in control of any of these things. Uh, and of course, I'm far from alone in uh, asserting that. Uh, so he is yielding to the influences that are quite powerful among his funders and backers and the uh, ascendant left within his party. So either this commission is meant to, because of course it is, and Jonathan Turley has pointed this out among many others, uh, this commission's membership is biased toward the left. So whether or not this is a way of putting an academic gloss uh, on what seems a political inevitability from the Democrat side or uh, is meant to provide cover uh, through some sort of recommendation that can be interpreted as against it remains to be seen. 
Nan, then who is running things? And I hate to keep asking this. I keep hearing maybe Susan Rice's name, but I find it unbelievable. One, everything you just said is right. I still can't wrap my mind around the fact we don't know who's making the decisions for the office of the President of the United States of America. It floors me that we're in a place where the President is not fully functional and someone else is making these calls. Who's making these calls, Nan? Yeah, I... It, I I envision it, Jesse, as uh, a cabal, if you will, uh, among uh, the uh, uh, cackling vice president in, in some form. I, I, what exactly her deal is, I'm not sure, and how much influence she actually has, I don't know. I can certainly see. Uh, I think it is the globalist, if you will, uh, globalist, corporatist, funders, you know, big interests who have ties into big corporate America, into the CCP, you know, all of these uh, folks, it's always a follow the money situation. So I think there's a, there are a lot of people who perceive that they can um, uh, enhance their, uh, their power. Uh, and perhaps some of them actually think they're doing the uh, morally right thing for the world by enhancing their power. I know we talked about that last time in terms of uh, John D. Rockefeller and the contrast between him and today's oligarchs. Uh, but I, I think I think they are exerting their influence uh, through people probably like a Susan Rice, like a Ron Klain, and even perhaps like a Kamala Harris. Oh, God. Uh, Nan, Kamala Harris, let, let, I wasn't even going to ask, but I've, I've got to bring this up. You brought her up. She appears to be, but I, I've never, I've not know the woman. I've never met her. She appears to be just an absolute ambitious chameleon to me, who will say anything to anyone at any time in order to get ahead. You are a woman, which is obvious, which means you probably have better intuition about people than I do. Do you get that vibe? Because that's what she comes off as to me. Well, I'm no sexist about intuition, Jesse. I am. Uh, <laughs> I, if, if, you know, if women want to believe in biological determinism, then they've got to also believe in it in ways that may go against them. I think the whole thing gets pretty silly really fast. But in any case, uh, with thanks to you, I, I agree with you. And what a marvelous nickname that could be, the Kamalian, uh, because I think she is... <laughs> And what she, you came up with it. But I, I think she is a thoroughgoing opportunist. Uh, and mm. she cannot run anything. She had the most auspicious uh, beginning to a campaign of anyone, I would submit, in the 2020 Democrat primary cycle. I mean, she really had. She had an enormous, you remember the crowd in Oakland, California. Uh, a lot of money came in. She ran it into the ground. How do you do it? And she has all the demographic boxes to check. How do you do that? Because you are so uh, excrementally incompetent that you cannot even uh, handle uh, the gifts when they are given to you. Nan, all right, I'm going to play you a clip of Joe Biden. You've undoubtedly seen it already, but this is about, obviously, the unmasking of states, if you want to call it that, like Florida and Texas. I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. It still matters. I know you all know that. I wish the heck some of our elected officials knew. Nan, obviously you've been more down the middle on coronavirus and, and masks and things like that than I have, because I, and I don't care what choices people make. But I do have to ask, are we ever going to have some kind of honest conversation why people aren't dying in droves in places like Texas and Florida? The numbers are still way higher for Michigan, New York, California, places that are heavily locked down. Florida and Texas are not heavily locked down. And yet, everyone's only speaking with one voice. Is this a fear of accountability? Is that what this is? Is everybody in the country too afraid to step up and say, ah, maybe I missed this one? Yeah, Jesse, what a fascinating way to phrase the question. It, it frustrates me as someone, obviously, with a medical background who does indeed mm -hmm. respect science, but someone who also knows that science uh, is, is, the, uh, is the practice of examining evidence. Uh, and of 
gathering evidence and following where the evidence leads. And clearly, uh, we saw it as certainly when, when President Trump was in office, we saw uh, hideously uh, the, the extreme influence of politics on uh, what should have been strictly uh, evidence-based positions uh, in the medical profession among public health experts, in so-called experts in particular, as we know. Uh, once Biden became president, I thought there might be you know, some effort to uh, enable, let's say, to urge blue states to have uh, some sort of opening up so that their economies could uh, return faster, right? You'd think they'd want to look better. You'd think that they'd want to have uh, that clearance, so to speak, because big bad Trump was no longer there to uh, uh, cast it as somehow, you know, some kind of politically unsavory thing. Uh, but they persist in this. Uh, and it, Jesse, the only thing I, I, I mean, I think it's because they like control, and I know we talked about it, but there really is about half the country uh, that is now uh, fear-driven and also inherently authoritarian. So, you know, they, they, and, and we've become attuned to the anecdotal, and this is always what the left does, they take the anecdote and generalize. So now, of course, as you, as you know, we are starting to see the uh, reports of unfortunate people who had vaccination, uh, and I just saw one this morning, and someone's in the hospital with a bad case of COVID, having received the J&J &J vaccine uh, three weeks earlier. Uh, you know, we're gonna see more and more of this, and the fear industry is just gonna keep going because those who like control, right? Those who like government control will perpetuate this uh, this industry, despite all evidence to the contrary. Exactly, that's the story right there. Despite all evidence to the contrary and despite the suffering of constituencies who traditionally uh, the Democrats have uh, tried to, to serve perhaps uh, better than they are now. Dan Hayworth, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Jesse, it's always my privilege to be with you. She always nails it. I love Nan. All right, we'll be back. I'm going to confess something right here on the show, and I know you're going to find this shocking because you obviously think I can't do anything wrong, and for the most part, that's correct. But I'm not that good on roller skates. Now, I haven't been on roller skates or roller blades in years, but it really just looks like a gigantic drunken giraffe going downhill. Bodies can break. Anybody can be hurt. If you ever see me on roller skates, give me a wide berth. So when I see true roller skating skills like this, look, we got to point it out. dude's got to be a hockey player, right? I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't do research for the show, but that dude's a hockey player. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up.
you can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.